0: So how is this dark night of the soul different from episodes of depression and anxiety? So depression and anxiety is not necessarily feeling bad or feeling sad. When you know you're feeling sad, you know exactly what is causing that. Say uh, a loss of a loved one is causing sadness or you gaining a good appraisal at work is giving you happiness. You know what is the cause and you know what is the effect. But when it comes to certain episodes of depression or anxiety... You cannot pinpoint exactly where it is coming from. It seems to be coming because of that, but the trigger is different. But the trigger begins a series of mental reactions that you don't like and progressively you lose control of the way you feel. And no matter what you do, so you, we try to manage it out. So that's how we develop disorders like eating disorders or any kind of behavioral disorders or kind of habits that we don't like doing but we end up doing so this is uh, our mind's way of coping up with it so that like when you give uh, an external push of um, more powerful intensity from the outside uh, you die you're able to divert your mind and you're not in that um, uh, let's say you're not in that uh, influence anymore but uh, this is what is what uh, a little bit that I don't like about psychiatry is that it teaches you to first remove yourself from the trigger until you f- recover and become more functional so that your life returns back to normal. But to go back and confront that dra- darkness like how uh, a lot of Zen Buddhist stories, you know, time and again they say is that you, you cannot keep avoiding the things that you fear or you cannot keep avoiding the things that you feel bad about you need to confront them, overcome them and make peace with them, which is make peace is is like um, to say you need to make peace with a thought that you don't like um, is very difficult it's a a very aversive thing that I personally would not uh, like to do myself but still what happens is if you have better things to do or higher goals to achieve in life um, it is that is avoiding the things that make you feel bad is is not going to help because there will be multiple other difficulties along the path of your life and uh, the the more closed we become to the fact that we can actually deal with it and overcome that, uh, the more we lose control of our own mind, then uh, our our mind is not going to be a good servant in times where we really need uh, the full effort going in. So simply put, if you want to do better things in life, you need to confront your darkness. So again, this is something which I'd like to iterate here and stress that uh, all people are dark. So uh, religion is like a good framework for most of our lives. Like when we enter society, there are certain things you can do that you're allowed to do. There's certain things you cannot. So there are some things that... In this lifetime, you're allowed to do, and if you do that, you go to heaven. If you don't do that, you go to hell. Or there are certain practices you should not do, in which otherwise you will be, you will end up in a place that you don't want to be, or you will not get any kind of salvation. Or you'll, in in Buddhism, you would say like you will be caught in a cycle of birth and rebirth if you're not able to process your trauma or uh, end it while you're living. So religion is a good framework. Uh, it's a very good blueprint of how to live life. But despite the religious teachings, we end up doing things that are not on par or uh, which not resonate with our religious beliefs. So why is that part of us? So, th- so the thing is, believing that humanity is basically evil is uh, its a, in a way, um, uh, it is not good, I would say, in my opinion, that if you start believing you are evil and you are not able to control your own thoughts, or you are not incapable of solving your own problems, and we will remain only at that. So, understanding that we are human, and despite the mistakes, we can be better. We can find ways to. We can find ways around it. So, uh, believing that I am worthy of all kind of hate, uh, I am not worthy of a good life, or I am not worthy of happiness. Uh, this thought subconsciously will reduce the worth of the self behind the mind. So, I need to be constantly encouraged. Or I need to be constantly, um, uh, let's say, uh, putting my mind to some use. Otherwise, my mind does not listen to me. So, uh, my triggers. So, before I am uh, accusing the rest of the world of not processing their dark night of the soul properly and just avoiding it, I will just tell you there are certain things which I don't like processing and uh, admitting it makes me feel powerful or it makes me feel one step higher than those challenges so firstly i don't like to be hated Uh, i don't like to be misunderstood and uh, i don't like to be proven that i'm not worthy of anything Uh, so and especially when it comes from a closer circle and if if i have hold someone with great reverence and respect and that person, in turn, I get to know that they have a, a lower or inferior opinion about me. Then it makes me wonder what did I do wrong to you know, to create that impression on that particular person. And uh, that makes me feel really bad. And when I'm interacting in a, in a positive way, in a friendly way with someone, if they would say something really rude, it would affect me. Uh, now that part of me doesn't uh, happen. But uh, in a way, when I think that I'm unworthy of love uh, from family or from a romantic partner, so that makes me feel very dark. It makes me feel like I'm worthless. So they say that your self-concept begins with the way you take care of yourself. Now, if you see a lot of people who are very, uh, let's say, conscious of the way they look. So in a way, we think that this person is trying to impress society. But in truth, they're trying to feel good about themselves and because they are successfully feeling good about themselves they think that they need to take good care of their skin they think they, th- they need to take good care of their health, their hair, their wardrobe etc. But if I were to prioritize my work and my efforts and uh, put myself, my f- physical appearance uh, second I don't prioritize that I feel that I don't have the need to look healthy and feel healthy uh, it means that my self-concept is low. So uh, you, these people who don't take care of themselves externally uh, are reflecting their in inner uh, self-worth. So they have more likelihood of uh, facing you know worthlessness. We are social animals, and uh, it is very difficult to separate another person's or the society's opinion. Uh, completely apart from the way we view the self because uh, we think if society feels bad about us it means society is going to harm us so this feeling of security of, be, of being protected of, of being treated with self-respect with dignity uh, in a group of uh, in a society or in a group of people is very important and because man is a social animal even monkeys are social animals elephants are social animals so that feeling of wanting to connect with uh, your kind is not going to go away so people saying like, I love my cat, I love my dog and I hate people. Uh, nobody is 100% an introvert. Nobody nobody can actually say, I would say, maybe they're lying to themselves that they don't want connection with people around them. It's It's very difficult. And uh, the more we are connected with people, we are also giving away uh, our power for their, to them to make us feel both good and bad. So uh, when I am uh, focusing or I am... Uh, centering my self-worth based on what one person someone I really like someone I really respect based on how they feel about me I constantly keep checking whether they are still feeling that way about me or are they feeling anything lower so I am giving my trust but uh, am I open to the fact that if that trust uh, I am going to be trusting no matter what their reaction is going to be or are they changing the way they view me later on so in that case I become immune in other cases, I don't. So this is uh, one thing which self-worth affects me. This is my dark night of the soul. That is, when someone uh, says something really rude, uh, there's a part of me that believes that. There's still a part of me that believes that. But once I become my authentic self, so when I say authentic self, is, I see myself in all my darkness, in all my flaws. The fact that I let people in very easily, uh, being nice is one thing, but uh, sometimes I let that go a little too far. I do not know to set, I, I am learning, I'm still learning. But there are lots of times in life as an adult, because uh, back at home I wasn't uh, given the privacy that I needed. That is, I was not respected for my space. This is my cupboard, this is my room. I used to let everyone in the house, because if they're my family, it's their house. Uh, but I wouldn't say the same for my sibling. She used to uh, create very clear boundaries. But I did not know to create those boundaries. So the minute I know that someone is not treating me uh, aptly, I, didn't, I I used to wait until I got an answer. But I d- did not necessarily take, remove myself from that situation. So um, I, in that way, that makes you feel like you are anyone's, um, let's say, puppet. It does make you feel a little bit like that. Or like, why do people treat me bad? or why do people not like me so I've heard a lot of my friends say that except you I don't have another friend I'm not a keeper when it comes to friends and uh, relatives because I let people in uh, very fast or I don't know how to pull away but I just say you've not met the right people So it's not necessarily your fault. You're not meeting people who are thinking similarly to you. You're not meeting people who are more open-minded. So it can make you feel like you are isolated, but it's not necessarily your fault. So as long as you're a nice person and you are focused on your work and you're hardworking, I don't think it is uh, only one person's mistake that we feel like we are taken advantage of by another person. So this is one part of me. There is another uh, thing which we say, uh, where people feel stuck between two worlds. So I've seen a lot of people from the corporate uh, who uh, are doing great things so at the workplace and earning really well, but back at home they have very poor self-worth because their family members are treating them badly or their salary is not valued or they're not able to invest and save the way they want or they're not able to even spend the money the way they want or they're not get uh, a good, uh, a respectable and, uh, let's say, workable workspace at home. They don't have uh, the respect that they need that is actually resonating with the salary they're bringing home. So uh, they have a very good, uh, let's say, uh, image in the workplace, but back at home, people make them feel really bad. So this is where people are stuck between two worlds. Uh, I know friends who, who want to go out, who want to hang out with friends, who want to hike. Uh, But they have very orthodox families and aunts and um, uh, let's say an entire village of people who are extremely orthodox. So they're forced to live double lives. So these are things that uh, uh, I have learnt by uh, people sharing their own personal stories. So when people are stuck between two worlds, it makes you wonder who you really are. So you're uh, constantly afraid of this uh, side of the world uh, being able to see that side and that side of the world being uh, you know seeing this. And when someone keeps on telling you that this is how society will view you, this is how a society will, view, uh, you know, will look at you if you're not married by your 30 or you're not married by 32, um, you know that it's not true uh, because there are always exceptions. But a part of you believes that. That attaches, that thought of what happens if society views me like this. Am I really like this? This doubt attaches itself to your uh, conscious image. So when we go to bed at night, so what happens is, um uh, let's say what we fear is something which which will come up when we sleep like who am i who am i is not like it's not like a one one answer it's not like a one one straight answer which you can just um uh, let's say condense it to one word who uh, am i is a feeling this is who i am these are things i cannot do these are things i can do these are things i can you know, places where I need to improve. Uh, These are things I can do better than anyone I know. These are things I'm very bad at. So this self-conscious, being conscious of your own mind, of your own thoughts is is a very healthy thing. If that happens, then anything uh, of any region of self-improvement is possible. But when we focus our hard work in the wrong direction, it will continue to chip away at your self-worth. That is, you know what you have to do but you don't know what you want to do or what you want is different from what you have to do and so you're trying to push away what you want and focus all your uh, hearty energy, all your sincere efforts into what you have to do but you find this part of the heart, the part of the thoughts that come from the heart, the electricity generated from the heart pulling away. So this is uh, in a way Similar to what they call cognitive dissonance in psychology, in which you want to do something but you're doing something else. You want to say something but it's not coming out right. So uh, this can lead to uh, a lot of dissociative behavior in which uh, you want to focus, you're not able to focus because, simply put, some people work amazingly when they are sticking to a schedule. They call themselves productive, but. I, I again, uh, uh, there was a poem in one of my books in which I said I work very well in tandem. Like when I take in both my home chores, my writing, when I'm sandwiching my routine between the things that I want to do and things that I have to do. Like part of me is cooking and then a part, of, uh, a, a part of the day I'm teaching, but it's all one next to one another. So I can work very well, efficiently when I'm shifting between two different uh, worlds. I cannot do one thing at the same time and expect myself to be uh, efficient in what I do. So I work well when I don't stick to a schedule. I do track the uh, productivity of that particular day as to what I have achieved, but I do not um, uh, put it in a solid framework that if I don't achieve this by this uh, amount of time, then that day is lost. I do not believe that. So if you are a very creative person who likes to use more of your right brain, uh, so in that case, if you just go back and forth and uh, manage your focus and uh, energy better, that is, you work on certain things where which require your focus when you feel focused. Uh, the other places where you have to do a routine kind of a task, that time you do not have focus but you are having a little bit of energy, it's better to do it at that particular time. So simply put, uh, there is design your day to the best possible effort according to you. So you have to become the king of your day and not let the day or your job dictate you. So this, uh, once your self-concept is increased it becomes possible. Otherwise, if you think that I don't deserve everything working out the way I want, when I keep on thinking I'm doing something wrong, I need to improve myself, uh, I need to improve myself, but I do not have a benchmark. So when do I achieve this benchmark? This is a very big question. So I think we achieve, this is what I want, I want nothing more than that. That clarity needs to come in life. At the same time, Uh, it means that, see, I would say like uh, people say do what you want, do what you like uh, or do what you love. There is a lot of difference between those three things. For example, I would say, say I I like roller skating or I like hiking. So I can go a week or two or even six months without doing those activities. But if there is a certain thing or a certain, uh, let's say, uh, reaction from me that comes when I do not... Get something, and it is actually something which I cannot go about that day without doing it. That is something what I would define as something that I love doing, something that I cannot be without. Something which I can never do is also something which I hate in life, which I would never do, which I can never tolerate. So, that has to be a very clear definition. So, until we realize what we truly hate what we truly love, which I cannot be without, I cannot exist without that. We cannot design our lives around it because today it's all about being productive. It's all about self-care. Otherwise, it's very difficult to stay in a job or be, uh, let's say, to do justice to the job, to the work that you're doing. It's not like in olden times, like once they get a job, they just have to do routine things and push paper and they get paid at the end of the month. It's not that easy, uh, like how it used to be in the olden days. So it's very important to have uh, good control over your mind which means that you are the master and your mind and you are not the same thing you know exactly what you want, what you love you also know exactly what you hate, what you don't want and so you will design your day according to that you will uh, organize your energy, efforts and focus according to that, so this is in a way I would say it's a good, it's a good place to start when we are going through a dark night of the soul or intense spirits of self-reflection um, so it's very important or it helps and uh, nobody becomes stronger, nobody becomes the most powerful self, nobody becomes their happiest self until they undergo dark night of the soul. So it is not a disease, it is not at all a disease. It, I would say it is like uh, uh, a rite of passage to say in order to become a better human being, in order to live your life fully and also very satisfyingly. To, for that to happen, you need to undergo a lot of pain. So without that, uh, if I'm just avoiding things that cause me pain, avoiding things that make me feel bad, uh, then till the end I will never become who uh, I will never become who I really am. I'll never realize that. So suppose now this this is a very big question um, that what I want to be or my self-concept is different from the way my family views me. This is a very personal and a very powerful uh, situation which can completely uh, change the way you spend your time and energy on what you do. It can affect you greatly because a family it matters a lot to you. So how they think about you uh, influences your decisions. It does. And like how much ever you think it's not going to, it, it is. So uh, wh- wh- where do I draw the line? How do I know? So do I have to sacrifice there? or do I have to strike a balance, or do I have to convince them? So if I have to strike a balance, I have to be in a position that uh, they believe the decisions that I make. They know that however strange they may seem, my decisions will, uh, in the end, work out. So I should have a good uh, image, or I should have a good bond with my family in that case, one. Secondly, uh, it is also important, in, in a way, like is it separate the image uh, your family thinks about, which one of my friends told me. So uh, how your family feels about you uh, is not going to change the way you feel about them or things that you have to do for them, which is very important. But what if they're two drastically different things? So what do I do then? So I do what is important or what is right at that particular point of time. But is that going to change my value systems? No. Does that going to change the fact that I am their sister or I'm their daughter or whoever I am to them? No. So it is very important to make sure that uh, how your immediate environment views you is not subconsciously affecting your self-worth. Secondly, if you feel you are not spending the day, you are doing a lot of things but you feel like your energy is thrown out everywhere, you are expending energy but you are not able to gain anything from that, it means you need to start, start designing your day according to the way you want start so why do they say like you want is because that's how you're programmed to be your best when you follow the things that you really want that you really love and stay away from the things that you really hate that you truly hate so in that case that is your authentic self so until you come face to face with your authentic self in all the wounds and all the scars and all the ugliness I think it is impossible to overcome dark night of the soul so till death the cycle will just keep repeating like a spiral and we will start living a life in which we are behaving like other people. You just trying to reflect their personality back to them by copying exactly what they do uh, in order to be socially acceptable, in order to uh, create an image. But till the end, I will never find out who I am. And that's a very sad thing and it's a very sad place to be. Uh, so uh, it is something which the new age uh, philosophers or new age pages on Instagram are Uh, iterating or keeping on saying again and again that this is a phenomenon many people are reporting all over the world they are undergoing feelings of uh, worthlessness of self-doubt, of existential crisis and it's something that they are overcoming a little by little again um, let's say they are moving from one uh, part of their journey to a higher state you can define that higher state however you want but it's important to listen to your heart or to or to uh, confront whatever is that that we are running away from. But in truth, it's very difficult to accept what we are running away from. That because uh, we usually end up going towards the very thing that we are running away from. Because fear is a very powerful frequency. So the more you fear something, you will attract that into your life. So if I am fearing Uh, me becoming uh, let's say spinning out of control or becoming uh, uh, an addict so if I am focused only on my mindset in which my mind is completely out of uh, out of my control out of um, the reality that I am building for myself now so I will usually end up going in that particular direction because I'm constantly thinking of that powerful frequency so the best antidote to that is to find out what you love. So what you love and what you want to avoid is different from what you, what you fear. right? So this is when you have a very balanced self-concept, it is the biggest uh, immunity to uh, a fear-based living in which you're just running away from something, but you're solving absolutely nothing. So in each and every challenge that you face along the journey of your life, you will find yourself confronting that shadow self what we call it as shadow self that is uh, it is a part of a personality it's like a shadow it has all the negative qualities that you don't want but it's also part of you and we may may not become 100 percent immune to it but we can master it or we can make peace with it in which you can take that energy and use it to something which you love doing or where you feel you lack energy because the shadow self is constantly following you because he's your shadows in it he's not going anywhere so for every good thing that you do there is a part of you that uh, has a, uh, a corresponding darkness everyone has this there are there are different levels there are different types but again it is rooted in fear it is rooted in inadequacy uh, it is rooted in the fact that you don't it has to be a personal space. you don't want to share it with anyone else. So that is your shadow self. He always wants to hide in the darkness. He doesn't want to come out to the light, right? So but he has a lot of energy because he's building all that up over the years. Everything that we see, every person that we meet, their darkness affects us, the things that we see uh, we experience each day as we progress. Those things do affect us. So if you are spending time with a person, who is cheating on other people a lot, who's lying a lot. So if you think that is not affecting you, so we will think in a little bit, why is he doing this? How is he able to pull it off? So that part of us which tries to justify his actions subconsciously will be registered in our shadow self. Which is why people copy other people's crimes or people copy other people's habits. They know it's wrong, but they do. But because the shadow self takes over, so this is just a good way of visualizing. There is no uh, measurable way of proving whether this is there is an existence of a shadow self or not. But this is a way of you taking back control. That you can visualize that this is what it's what I don't want. This is what I am. So your true self is uh, is a person who has made peace, who has started taking energy away from this shadow self. He's not destroying him. It's not possible being a human to completely destroy that. You will get angry. A part of your anger, a part of your hate, the part of you which uncontrollably uh, has burst out of anger. So all that is registered at the shadow self. You can So your anger can be used productively if you're directing it at someone when you have to get over an argument or when you have to negotiate for something. So you just need to take away that energy the shadow self is holding. To tap into that energy, you need to confront him. You need to ask him, why is he the way he is or the way she is? What does she want? What is she afraid of? Why is she chasing me? What is she trying to tell me? So uh, how is that even possible? How do we do this? By accepting that that part of you is also you and they deserve to exist. So you cannot sit down at a table and negotiate with anyone whom you feel is not worthy of existing, who you think is lower than you. So we think like, I am, I, there's a righteous part of me who does um, all the good things, who follows all the values. So this person doesn't deserve to sit at the table with me. Uh, it's You're not going to make peace with him or her by doing that, by avoiding them. You need to give them an equal space and right. Sit down with them and decide, you are a part of me, what are you trying to tell me? What part of my memory is feeding you? where are you coming from uh, there are, you are definitely coming from different memories from, from obviously from childhood and also from early teens so usually it is rooted there that's where most of our mental connections and synapses happen the, uh, the biggest stages of mental development and brain development happen during those stages so they will always be associated with events with uh, fragrances with smells or with certain triggering uh, traumatic uh, situations so From that, what can I learn? Uh, How does that make me relate to the rest of the world? So uh, are you there? Is this common for everyone else? How can I learn better from that experience? How can I use that uh, in my creative spark? So once you have made peace with that and you feel thankful for the existence of that shadow self, you are his master. You will listen to anything that you say. So I think, uh, I, I'm, I'm not exactly an expert at this, but I feel it makes sense and uh, to confront our darkness and to use it uh, to our advantage because we're living in a world where good and evil simultaneously exist. So you're not going to be able to completely get rid of it. But you can use it for a better purpose. So in that case, you are uh, justifying its existence at the same time. You are uh, taking back your life into your own hands. Um, that's what I believe about the shadow self. Thank you.